When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Uh, uh, Josh Landy, sidekick, sidekick Josh Landy, is in his Soho House uh, style office where there's builders. Builders are hammering away as we speak, apparently, which is why he's on mute right now. But I can see him, dear listener. He's with us. He's going to chip in whenever he can when the builders, so to speak, aren't making too much noise. But... Who needs? Well, we all need. We all need Josh, but we've got the additional joy of um, podcast regular, more joy hero Jeff Arsenal. Hi, Jeff. Yeah, how you doing, Boyd? You're right. Yeah, good. How are you? Good. I'm very well, thank you. I, I went to Everton. No doubt we'll oh. discuss it. Yeah. So did Josh. Yeah. I'm I the only one. Yeah, yeah. I'm the only one who doesn't go. I don't go to away games very. I think I've got a bit of an anxiety about going to away games, if I'm honest, because. Like I've had a few, I've had some great experiences with, but I've also had like you know anti-Semitic chanting in European games and anti-Semitic yeah. chanting in you know Chelsea and oh yeah. I find it all I find it all a bit stressful to be honest, which is I know is a bit slightly pathetic, but that is my that's part of the reason why I don't go to many away games. But yeah, but you had a good yeah, well, time. I, was, I had a great time. My friend was having a party up in 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 Liverpool for that weekend. I normally go a couple of Midlands games if they're in the. Premier League, and I do all the London games generally, and maybe one Northern game per year and do a few European trips. But uh, my friend was having a party up in Liverpool, so was expected to go up there, have a great time at the Arsenal, win, and then go and have a jolly yeah. up afterwards. It didn't work out that way. But the party no. was great. I had a great time. I had a great weekend there. It was a great place, Liverpool, but um, oh, the, result, the result was hard. The atmosphere seemed uh, seemed incredible. Like obviously, this was that the new manager bounced. That I mean, that cliche has never been so appropriate, has it? I mean, he he like uh, transformed them. I could not believe yeah. how on it they were. I mean, you expect a little them to be a little bit more on it than they were under yeah. Frank Lampard, but they were like they played like their lives depended on it. I thought. 
We seem to always get it against us. We always seem yeah. to get that new manager bounce, whoever it may be, whatever team it is, they, they always play us the first bloody game. It's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, it's annoying. It's yeah. so annoying. But the yeah. atmosphere was good. It felt it felt like very um very loud on the TV, very uh, passionate. Yeah, it was obviously a great atmosphere. Though I mean Everton was quite subdued at first because I think they feared the worst. We was we yeah. was very bouncy and and, yeah. and and up for it. But I mean it was quite clear after about 15 or 20 minutes that this ain't going to plan because we haven't scored, which we should have done. And yeah. uh and and then after half time it was very, very, you know, we was everyone was getting a bit frustrated. I don't know about you, Josh. What what how was you during the game? <laughs> Well, the first thing to say is that I am not going to miss Goodison Park when they do move stadiums. Our tickets were the back row of the upper tier at oh. Goodison Park. And like, well, you just <laughs> half of the pitch is covered by the roof that you've got. It's totally absurd. It shouldn't, it's about time they move. So I, w- I won't miss that. To be honest, we, we just thought we're not, we haven't traveled three and a half, four hours in the car to do this. So we sort of uh, went down a, a few rows um, where there seemed to be a bit of space because there was a huge number of fans that seemed to have problems um, getting into the game. And I, I, I know the club have put out a lot of stuff about sort of ticketing and making sure that the people in the uh, tickets at away games are are who they're supposed to be. So there, were, there was a bit of space. But yeah, the, the game overall, in, in terms of the uh, atmosphere, it, it did feel incredibly unlucky that we were Sean Dyche's first game. There are those builders that Boyd uh, heard. You might be able to hear that in the background. Mm, and it's fine. It's fine. In, in general, I didn't think it was quite as bad as, as maybe it seemed at the time. I didn't think it was like the horrend- most horrendous Arsenal performance. I thought no. probably... Oh, no, no, it's a draw. It felt like a nil-nil kind of come away with a draw and given the bounce. You know, we conceded too many set pieces and there was a period in the first half, I think they had four corners in about four minutes and it, it felt like that was a tactic and eventually it paid off for them. But I thought we, you know, we created enough half chances where we've been taking them at other points this season. And also, I, I haven't done a four-hour journey for a 12.30 kickoff in a, in a while, certainly. And I remember going over, you know, years gone by where there'd be such discontent, let's call it that, amongst the away fans if we did go and lose 1-0 against the team in the in the relegation zone. But it was also nice, as we've spoken about so much this season, the atmosphere is so improved that still the players got applauded, as they should, uh, at the end of the game. And there was still, you know, Arsenal fans singing songs towards the end of a game and singing we are still top of the league and, and everything like that. So, hmm. you know, look, of course, what happened Sunday makes us all feel immeasurably better about what happened on Saturday. But overall, I think it, if we can come back Saturday, which we'll come on to and win the game, then kind of all is forgiven. And this hasn't been a year where we've gone and drawn lots of the games. We've won a lot of games. Uh, and and therefore, you know what? If we just go away and lose one game that you know we're disappointed by, you know, it's it's very much recoverable. You know, Josh, what you were saying about the um, in the back row. Well, amazingly, I was in the back row with my wife as well, and you had to duck down to see the goal, hadn't you? You know, to see the wow. the, the goal. The go- it was shocking. You really couldn't see because everything, every, all the away games, you need to stand. You've got to stand because everyone stands in front of you. So I did exactly the same as you. It was about 
uh, about five rows in front of us, there was two or three seats that. So we just at half time we just went down and sat in those, which was which was better. Now I was on the 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 the, uh, uh, the left hand block. Was you on the right hand block? You know, uh, from the away fans. I was towards nearest the right. halfway line. I was yeah, towards to the, the right. Yeah, yeah otherwise I'd have, bump, I'd have bumped into you. Otherwise, but uh, yeah, that's where we were. Exact back row. It was driving me mad. But, this uh, is why I don't go to away games. It sounds it sounds yeah. absolutely tedious. I you know I much rather sit at home, feet up, watching BT Sport with Martin Keown being aggressive, weirdly aggressive to yeah. uh, the presenter at the beginning. Do you see that clip, Josh? <laughs> Martin no. is the. the <laughs> A, a magnificent man, an excellent Oh, I love him. Won't have anything else. No, said, no, no. Said on this, and we must get him on this podcast this we season. Must. I absolutely commit to to doing that. Um, I haven't been able to see all of the coverage back. I've seen some of it. I'm not sure I've actually seen the the clip you're talking about, so I can't really. No, it's very comment, funny. Actually, I'm not being. I'm joking. He, he's love. He's brilliant. But there was a very funny bit where um, what's his name, the host? What's his name? You know, um, uh. BT Sport football host, whose name I've forgotten. Um, the male host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jake Humphrey. Jake Humphrey, thank you. Thanks. See, my on, early onset dementia is, is working well. Um, Not so uh, early. It's been quite no. a while now. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early as in I'm only in my early to mid-50s. Um, Jake Humphrey asked all the panel, Rio Ferdinand and whatever, whether they thought Arsenal could win the league or something, or could or would do the league, whatever. And they're all answering. And suddenly Martin Keown kind of went, did you say... Could, should, or like they just suddenly got, and he kind of walked almost like stepped towards uh, Jake. It was quite funny, and if you, that some people have clipped it up on. It's almost like he's like going to like going right towards him to like physically manhandle him or something. It was just a funny yeah, moment. But yeah, Keon was on good form. But I, as to your point about um, the performance, I do think that we're so used to how brilliant we've been week in week out this year, this this season, and played so such brilliant football right from the first minute and and generally dominate games that yeah it wasn't that bad at all if this is how if this is how as low as we get do you know what i mean like that's that is everyone was saying that's one of the worst if not the worst league performance of the season well i mean fine you know because because i'm sure we'll bounce back and and that level was not so low it was just a couple of a couple of other we had enough chances really didn't we Jeff to win yeah. it. We had, you know, and Ketsy had a good chance. We did. Um, Odegaard had a really good chance. And they were just a bit, they snatched at their chances a bit. And I think that was because yeah. the pressure they were put on by Everton was so intense, almost as, as intense as you'd ever see. They ran, I think that's the record for the for the amount of um yards ran or whatever by Everton yeah. in that game. So it yeah. was just it was just them dealing with this very, very intense pressure. Well, you've, you've mentioned the, the new manager bounce, which generally happens to us all the time. Uh, but I mean, the way the way Dyche sets teams up, it was it was in effect. You could see that, um, and he had obviously there's a couple of ex Burnley players that play for um, uh, Everton there as well, uh, in, including Tarkovsky, wasn't it? I think he was. Was he at Burnley? Mm. Tarkovsky, yeah, yeah, him, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, and McNeil. That's right. So they, they, there was a low block four five one. And they just they they just stuck in there, and they was just breaking out. You know, they forced us wide, and then they was breaking the the they was breaking the lines of where we pass it inside and do those little circles and triangles. Yeah, and it, we just couldn't. And it was a small pitch, and but deliberately bumpy. You can imagine they was cutting the pitch up in 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 um in the warm up. Uh, I mean, and our boys just couldn't really play on it. It was, you know, I was just taking. I had to take a second touch 
rather mm. than, you know, just whizzing it in and, and popping it off the first time. And that just disrupted us. That was kicking the life out of us. You see, in the first three or four minutes, um, Erdegaard got scathed down the back of his Achilles tendon, you know, and it just went on. And there was, we was trying, there was, there was giving space on the, on the right hand side to Saka, but then there was two and three up on him as soon as it got across there. That was really, really disciplined. I'll give it to him. You've got to give it to them. But unfortunately, I mean, this is what worries me is they f- did find a way to beat us because, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we had that previously the week before, a couple of weeks before against Newcastle when they did that low block effect and we found it difficult to get through them. This is what we're going to have to put up with now between now mm. and the, the rest of the season. But we mustn't concede goals because if you concede that first goal, then you are in trouble. You're in big trouble, you know. Um uh, what you mustn't do is mustn't give silly free kicks away outside the box because that's all they play on is set pieces, dead balls, corner kicks, free kicks, and hot chance. These these teams, that's what they do all week when they're playing a team mm. like Arsenal is just uh, do the four five one and just play on getting corners and throw and throw ins and well like Stoke did back in the day, you know? So we've yeah, yeah. we've got to be ready for it, you know? But I think the I think the substitutions could have been a little bit better. Yeah, I, I, I question the substitutions. Josh, what did you I, I think I was surprised um, that he brought Jorginho on for um, party, particularly. Um, Trossard, fine for for um, Martinelli, wasn't it, I think? Um, Martinelli didn't have his best game. He's still, but I always still think he's such a massive threat. But what did you make of the substitutions and what did the crowd make of the substitutions? Well, I think taking Thomas Party off is always going to be a, a bit of a concern just because of what, what he gives us and the fear of that we look that that little bit weaker when he's not on the pitch. It was frustrating. Of course, it was nil-nil when the substitutions were made and it was barely a minute that had gone by and then suddenly you're one nil down and you yeah. wonder if the same substitutions are made. I didn't think Martinelli was having his greatest get- game. I thought there were periods where he wasn't as effective as he certainly has been or you'd hope he'd been. And we've got Trossard on the bench now. And when you look at that bench, you think there is a bit of strength and depth. You've got to turn to one of them. Um, and Jorginho, I mean, it was funny, isn't it? We we spoke about the possibility of Jorginho and how that could materialise just as we were doing a podcast for deadline day. You know, this isn't someone who we should be totally fearful of coming off the bench. You know, here he is a, you know, a player with, you know, ability. I don't think he was, you know, hugely in, impressive in the half an hour he had, but nor did I think he was, you know, noticeably, you know, a weak link. So um, I, I, at the time, was thinking maybe there's a slight injury problem with with Partey. You know, there'd been that doubt ahead of the game. And maybe Arteta was just being a little bit cautious of of not, you know, over-exerting him. But, you know, in terms of what we had, I think the substitutions made sense. And even, you know, towards the end of the game, if there was, you know, a player that looked like they had a difficult afternoon and had had a difficult first half against Manchester United not very long ago, it was possibly, you know, possibly Ben White. And and that substitution also, I think, made sense and could have been done a, a touch earlier. So, I don't know. I'm not overly looking at it and thinking, got this wrong, that wrong. I, I think Arteta gave these lovely quotes at the end of a game about loving the players even more after the game and, and after the defeat. And 
you know what, as we drove back and it took a long time to, to get home, not home till it was nearly half past seven by the time home, 12 hours out the door, you still felt really proud of this team and what they've done so far this season. And, you know, to to still, after Sunday evening, feel that little bit better about it and think five points, game in hand, a home game against them where, you know, until Saturday would have felt really confident of, at worst, avoiding defeat and feeling like we can beat them. We should still be positive and happy and not get too damn beat that, you know, we we lost one nil in the game that could have gone either way. Well, I think if I can come in on that, uh, Ben White, um, I mean, he was he was maybe one of our best players up until the World Cup, the break for the World Cup, and he's come back from the World Cup and... I don't know what it is, but he's not been right. I'm, I'm not. I, I can't put my. I can't put my hand on it to to work out what, what why is what what's going. I mean, apparently he's lost a little bit of weight. Uh, a few of the boys were saying, uh, but I I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I'm not, and he's not been playing very well. We got brought off at half time the other week, didn't he? Um, mm. Where he was having a mare as well. I don't know whether his his, his fitness has dropped or something, uh, or maybe he's just resting. Him, but you know, taking him off uh, consistently now is is troubling. But why not? Why not bring on Tommy? You know, because we've got plenty of games to go. I didn't really have a, too much of a problem with taking off Partey, knowing. Jorginho was going to come on because I do trust Jorginho. I do think he's a he's a good player, uh, a similar type of player to to Partey. Is uh, you know Partey's most probably the best midfield player in the in the country at the moment. The way he's playing, uh, and I think you have got to take care of him. You have got to be very very careful yeah. if you want him for the long run, and and to bring on a player like Jorginho, I did. I don't think he did too bad at all. He gave a couple of balls it's away, but yeah. He's just a bit slower, isn't he? Than I think than 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 Partey. He's quite. He's quite. Do you know what I mean? I feel like yeah. he slowed it down when we actually needed to speed it up. If anything, that was my only issue with him. I, I think he's he's definitely like a keeps the ball kind of player. Although he did give it away, you're right. In about his second his second attempt at a pass, which was unfortunate. But you know, yeah. um, that, that's my only concern. I, I'm not. I don't have a big issue with it. I'm not one of those maniacs who thinks we shouldn't have brought him. And it's stupid. I just. I wonder whether. Come bring him on as a sub. Is you know, I think maybe he, he's a player who needs to start beyond from the start to get into the rhythm of the game as well. Slightly, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. You know. I was more, I was more concerned with the substitution going forward. Um, so we was one nil down. Um, yeah, and um, I, I should, I would have left Martinelli on to be honest with you because we 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 weren't getting no change out of Eddie really. I mean, and he's okay. Mm. Sometimes he's okay, but you know what you're going to get from Eddie. He's he's not going to be that that, that lad in the box where you just where you can do quick passes with him and stuff like that. You know, it's it's a bit of a build up. He's not he's not like Jesus, is he? Where he's chasing chasing around. He's really really got quick feet and stuff like that. Or he's not that tricky. You know, one against one. Um, I would have I would have took Eddie off and put left Martinelli on Saka on the right hand side and. Let Trossard go in there as a as a as a false nine because then he could drop into midfield as well uh, and help Jorginho a forward pass from Jorginho. Plus he's he's got great feet around the box and if he'd have had a chance in the in the box it, it might it might would have changed. It. I mean we were just a little bit it, there was nothing changing at the top and I, I, I do think sometimes we do need to change it um, and and I do at the same time I, I think 
um, Seamus Coleman was getting a little bit tired and Martinelli might have been able to, yeah. even if they switched Martinelli to the centre and Trossard on the left. You know, I just think uh, if we'd have done that, but listen, who knows? You know, it, it's yeah, all yeah. it's all in hindsight. Indeed, yeah. No, I, I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it's quite reluctant, is he, to swap things around too much in terms of, like, mm. formation and... Uh, but, but, you know, I mean, these are minor... These are minor quibbles and qualms on a, on a day where we weren't at our best and we faced. I think I just think Everton deserve a huge amount of credit. And I'm now I now see that, that that's our game in hand, isn't it? I didn't realise until today that Everton at home is our game in hand, which has now been scheduled for March the first. So we play them again in less than a month, and I'm yeah. instantly slightly annoyed that we have to play them again of all teams. But I mean, I, I can't see them pulling that off again. Uh, I, I no, that I, th- I think we'll batter them at home. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll batter them at the carpet, more space, yeah. more time. Yeah. We'll, we'll be ready for them. Plus we're, we're all going to be angry at the, 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 the defeat anyway. True. True. Um, let's have a quick break. And uh, after the break, we'll have a talk about um, just how we think it's going, uh, how far we're going to go in this um, incredible dream ride towards the Premier League title and more after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back from the break. Oh, yes. There's also, as Josh reminds me, we should mention the Man City uh, finances issue. The hundred or whatever, at least a hundred <laughs> charges they're facing and what we think of that. Uh, just before we talk, go on to that, um, I mean, Man City losing at Tottenham was. I, I I've listened to a few um, discussions of uh, between Arsenal fans about that Tottenham Man City game. I can't believe I don't know any Arsenal fan that wasn't a hundred percent rooting for Spurs against Man City on Sunday. Do you? I mean, why wouldn't you? You, oh Jeff, you weren't. You didn't want Spurs to beat I City. I can't have Tottenham winning anything, mate. Honestly, I even can't. Like a, I even the game that helps us. No, yeah, closer to the, really. Well, if it's the last game of the season, I might be twisted to change my mind. But there's a long way to go. Uh, I don't think Spurs are going to catch us anywhere near us. Um, Man City, um, I, I, I still fear those a little bit. So I would prefer to draw. I would. I never want Tottenham to win anything. I'm sorry. Wow, that's you know. I mean, okay, Josh. I'm staggered. I mean, there is absolutely. I don't care if Tottenham get in the Champions League. They can come right. The right. only thing I care about is that we winning this this league. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, 
I feel strongly. I feel so strongly that I wanted Tottenham to win that game. I'd have happily seen them win five nil. One nil was ideal because you know let's not get carried away. But yeah, I felt so strongly that we wanted Tottenham to to win that game as I did when they were two nil up at the Etihad. You know, some some weeks back, and we were all getting a little bit excited about what what could happen then. No, they've done us a massive favour, and for whatever reason. City are not looking quite like the city that they have done in, oh. you know, in certain years and have looked like the side that have, you know, had the incredible battles with, with Liverpool over, you know, the last four or five seasons. So, yeah, I, I if if you didn't feel positive about looking at the league table and seeing we were still five ahead with the, you know, with obviously the, the game on Sunday to come, mm. the fact that City is yet again put in a performance where, you can think, hang on, this just this just isn't quite what, what we've come to expect from City. It gives you even even more confidence, especially ahead of our game against them in what eight eight nine days' time. So yeah, yeah, I'm I was absolutely you know cheering Spurs on. Don't make continue. Yeah, completely. I'm, I, I, I respect your um, your fundamentalist anti Spurs views, Jeff. Of course, but but anyway, but uh, I mean that's just a, a minor point. But what is incredible to see, isn't it? I think is is how Pep is being so stubborn about his team selection. He's doing that thing he does where he kind of picks players out of position and comes up that whatever the fuck the 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 um the formation was against Spurs was really weird. It just didn't work. They're definitely it's definitely like I now feel like that game on the fifteenth, um, which is you know us playing them at home. We've got a proper chance to beat them, and then you know I mean then we're gonna then you think. Well, we're going to be quite firm favourites for the title. Am I being too optimistic? I'm getting carried away. I am getting carried away. I know. You know what? I'm more concerned about the game at the weekend because that is such. It's most probably the, yeah, yeah the most important game for the last fifteen or, or twenty years, maybe. Yeah. Because if we can go, we can go eight clear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and if we yeah. go eight clear, it, the pressure is then on Manchester City. They've got to win on their game on, I think they're playing on Sunday, aren't they? And then they're coming to our gaff on Wednesday and they've got to win that one as well, you know, to, to put pressure on us. And I do think we can go into that game uh, if we get a win at Brentford. Because if we don't, if we draw or we get beat, then there'll be three defeats on the bounce. And that doesn't oh, look good. God. It takes us back to the Arsenal that. So it does have just the fact if we do get beat, it's three on the bounce, and it takes us back to the to the Wenger days when we were fighting on all fronts for a little while. Uh, but I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I do think we'll overcome Gum Brentford, and then City come to our place. We're, we're bubbling again. Uh, it'll be an amazing atmosphere there, and I do think we can man against man. I think we can spin them over. I really do. Yeah, and I wonder whether Josh, the the you know the this financial kind of thing um it's going to affect them because they're going to be constantly asked about this aren't they in every press conference and every you know post-match interview it's quite annoying for them to say the least and plus the fact that they may well clearly be apparently cheating for about eight years or nine years at the time when they were winning all those championships well it's certainly interesting i wonder how much it affects the players but it affects the club for sure it's a it's a huge story that they can't get away from and there's been this cloud hanging over them for some time because they've had the situation with UEFA and they've had to go 
all the way and they cleared their name you know eventually in the you know in the court of arbitration of sport and i think possibly to the average fan of other clubs might have just thought this was all behind us and this news coming out this week you know would have would have caught a lot of football supporters you know by surprise and it's going to take considerable time and there are, you know, some excellent journalists. Matt Slater, the Athletic uh, uh, video on this, I thought was excellent in trying to dissect it. Martin Zeigler, of course, at the Times has has been very articulate on the topic as well, and it's complicated because of the breadth of rules that they have allegedly breached. But every possibility is on the table here in terms of what the repercussions could could be, and that's fascinating and we'll all have to sit by and do it i wonder if it affects guardiola because he might be and he's spoken about it about you know that if anyone is he that he's been assured that you know everything was done correctly and maybe he feels there's a danger of his name being you know pulled pulled through the mud or whatever the expression is so you wonder if it's uh, affecting how he might be feeling at, at the moment as a group of players yeah look I think they're concentrating on on the football and, and trying to win, and I I don't think it's going to sort of see Man City start to, you know, spiral on the pitch. I, I don't see that coming, but it's it's absolutely fascinating in in terms of what will go. I can't help but think of that um, that Carabao Cup final defeat that we had to uh, to Manchester City. Was it was it the three nil? Do you remember that one, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and that was 2018, wasn't it? So was that the was that the final Wenger season? I think so. You know, of of all the trophies that Wenger never won, the Carabao Cup. Are we about to put that right? Is there a chance here that Arsenal can be awarded retrospectively the 2018 Carabao Cup and Arsene Wenger's legacy gets ever greater? That that I would truly I like. Think- um, amazing go. thought, amazing thought. But I think more importantly, the question is if, I mean, it's unlikely, isn't it? It's very unlikely this is going to be resolved this season. I mean, this could take years, couldn't it? I mean, no. it's, al- it's already taken years, but Man City's going to just constantly, you know, they'll have a team of lawyers fighting against explaining all of these, their their reasons for doing what they did, etc. Um, But... Jeff, if it did come down to it, and you know, say they got dot points, I want, I want, I, I mean, again, this is another discussion I've seen that Arsenal fans saying, "Fuck them," you know, if we we win this league, however, it doesn't matter. I can't. I'm a big being a bit purist by saying I kind of want us to win legit and not, you know, just win more games than them or get more points than them and not have any points deducted from them. If yeah, I get that. Yeah. I think we'll do that anyway. Um, well, you think we'll win the league anyway? Yeah, I think okay. we'll go on and win the league. These two next two games are going to be vitally important, but I do think we'll go on and win it now. Yes, um, but you know this news is it? Is, did, didn't we already know everything? What's what's going on anyway? I mean, we're not. We, we haven't got to be. Uh, I, I mean, it was so obvious what was going on. You know, mm. uh, the the stuff that where they're just financially doping. Uh, their money for for years and years and years, where you know they 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 could barely sell out at one stage, Manchester City, and you know that was when they had it was only forty two thousand at the Etihad at the time or whatever it was called before it was the Etihad, um, and then all of a sudden they had all this money and and they they brought they brought the FFP in 
especially because of teams like Manchester City and others, PSG and Chelsea, and but so we knew we knew we knew, we knew what was going on. But then when they got out of the the FIFA thing by technicalities, we thought, okay, well that's fucked then because they're just going to do it anyway. And we was one of the clubs that would obliged, you know, and abide by the rules. Um, and I remember saying back in the day, listen, we've got to run with this and do what we can. Uh, but if we can't beat them, we've got to join them. And, you know, it seems like now, I mean, we're spending a lot more money now, but I think that's for other reasons. But I just think the same thing will happen again. They're going to have the best lawyers in the world. Yeah, I agree. And they're yeah. going to tie it's going to go to drag it out, and, it, and and time is money for these guys, as you well know. It's going to cost a hell of a lot of money, and I don't think the FA or whoever are in charge of defending it are going to have enough money. And in the end, they're just going to buckle, and mm. and uh, they'll just they'll just tie them in knots, and, and they'll get out of it again. They'll be yeah, it's the Premier League, isn't it, Josh? But do do you agree? You're 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 more doubtful. You think something might happen? You think? They could be yeah, I, I, I'm not sure this is as clear cut as you know they'll be armed up with lawyers and and be able to you know get away with with, with everything. I, I don't know. I, I have no insight from a professional capacity in in any way on this, other than it's the most hugely embarrassing thing that the Premier League can have happen for them to have to come and self police and go effectively our own competition was compromised for nigh on a decade by a team that were ultimately the most successful team in that period as a brand as everything you've sold around the world that is hugely embarrassing that that has happened so to spend four years putting a case together to come out with a hundred different breaches is of huge you know significance and and is unprecedented and they don't have the ability to ultimately appeal here to the Court of Arbitration of Sport. You know, this will go to this panel overseen by a QC and they will have to analyse, I mean, the, the evidence. But, um, you know, for the Premier League to be the ones coming out and going, we've seen 100 breaches. It, let's not forget, it would also be a huge element of embarrassment to the Premier League if they can't push that case through and prove and be successful on their side. So... It's absolutely, you know, fascinating, and uh, I don't know. There's a part of us, uh, a part of me, just as a fan, that I hopes they're innocent, right? You hope they're innocent because then you start getting very angry about what Jeff's just spoken about. That were we the ones just keeping the rules? What are Liverpool fans going to, you know, be be mm. thinking about this period where where they've been pipsized on numerous occasions? So it's a strange feeling on it, and. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah. As you don't as want just... Man City players of that time who probably feel that very legitimately they, you know, were part of huge success. That, you know, mm. that be, you know, be completely tainted potentially. So I, I yeah, I wonder which, not... I wonder which Man City players you're referring to. But um, the, uh, the all Manchester, uh, all Manchester yes. City players. Okay, okay. But I, I like Jeff. I kind of just assume that they've that they dodged. You know, that they somehow dodged all the rules. And you know, and because you're, and and because 
like it were there were technical reasons like it was it was a vast it was past the period of time where those where they could retrospectively take action wasn't it i mean that's that doesn't really imply that they're innocent of those previous things that they were charged with um by UEFA etc so i've always just assumed that they were fairly dodgy frankly i think probably most liverpool fans have as well that they just kind of found a way to get away with it so it's like this thing, the, the timing seems extraordinary and it's taken four years, but no, is anyone surprised? Like, I feel completely not surprised that, you know, they're being charged with this number of offences and this number of dodgy... Well, I did hear, on the same day, I did hear, I think it was one of those radio stations that reported that the government was just about to announce this week that there was going yes. to be an independent regulator right, uh, right. for the Premier League. So... I think that that the Man City news might have had to come out there and then to stop the regulator getting involved because obviously the Premier League don't want to regulate themselves. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, right? Oh, they don't want other people getting involved, so they maybe have had to drop that. Yeah, the timing. You're right. I agree exactly. Yeah, and that that announcement about the. the government's white paper on football is, is been delayed by a fortnight, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that, that, yeah. That, I, I think that'll get put back again though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. A couple of things before we, before we, before we go to the predictions for that Brentford game, they've raised the season ticket prices. They've announced today, Josh, haven't they? Um, 5%. And there's a whole complicated thing about fewer games being involved, etc. But bottom line is my club level season tickets going up five percent. So it's going to be even more fucking expensive than it already <laughs> you, is. You are going up five percent, but obviously the uh the situation is different in, in different parts of the grounds. I think we're up six percent in the lower tier and four percent in the upper tier and five percent in, in, in club level for, for people like you Boyd. What they yeah. have done is listen to certain pe- certain feedback. I think this is all largely positive. If I'm, I'm honest, you aren't going to be tied in as a season ticket holder for the, uh, you know, for seven cup games. I think we're down to four. It's going to be twenty two um, games in total. That your your oh, sorry three three cup games, nineteen league games, and three cup games. So you're not being forced to spend that. There's been a huge problem this year with silver and red members being able to actually get access to tickets. So that hopefully leaves the door open to them for those Cintiq holders who don't want to feel compelled to buy the four extra cup games that they've had no choice over since we moved to the Emirates. The club are extending, obviously, the discount to the 20, is it 21 to 24-year-old age group? You know, that's that's going to be there. They're going to have their, their discount, which yeah. I think is important because you want to bring through new generations of supporters who invariably have less disposable income to spend on going to football. So I think that's positive. And look, the world's, uh, you know, the way the way it's going, um, I think there'll be some fans who are sort of relieved given the huge demand for tickets at the moment that it, it's not a higher percentage that's gone up. I mean, it seemed, you know, none of us want to stomach increases but at least i guess the amount we're all committing to is uh is going to be less overall but I'm, I'm hearing and jeff probably knows more about this the the weights for the season ticket you know were are growing oh, hugely and the numbers of season tickets becoming available every year i think they basically i think it was darren arsenal on on twitter i saw say that, that i mean i think he used the phrase very minimal expected to come up at the end of this season so yeah, I think the club are trying to 
to make little bits of progress where they can. But Jeff, you might know more about this. No, that's true. Yeah. The, 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 I mean, uh, even, even the club level season tickets sold out this season, which that hasn't happened for, oh, I don't know, mate, mate, it must be 10 years, mate. I don't know. It's a long while anyway, uh, mm. that since, since the club level season tickets sold out, but Arsenal have got Arsenal have looked at other clubs as Tottenham as well, and I I think I mean I thought this at the time, and they've got they got they've got the pricing upside down with regard to, I mean, the most sought after tickets generally for a football match are the ones on the long side in the lower tier, whereas at Arsenal the most expensive tickets are the long side upper tier. And I reckon over the next five or 10 years, I don't know, I've got no facts about this, but I do think that they're going to follow what Spurs are doing. Cause you've got some Spurs tickets when they moved, they could, they could do it because they've moved stadiums and we could have done it when we moved stadiums, but you can't do it when you, when you were now there, but at Tottenham, when they moved, they took a lot of the uh, people that had centre blocks in the lower tier, they moved them to the side a little bit and pushed everyone round. And the centre blocks, they've got those for corporate blocks. Now, the centre blocks at Tottenham Hotspur, in those uh, corporate blocks, and you don't get nothing with it, are £273 each. Now, whereas at Arsenal, I think they're 35 quid or 40 quid. So I would expect them to, because they know they've made a mistake, you know, uh, I would expect them over over the next five or ten years to slowly uh, move the centre blocks to the side, take some take some tickets away from the red memberships and everything else, and just spread everybody out a little bit further so they can generate more more revenue. Because they've got it the other way round that the most expensive tickets should be downstairs rather than the ones in the upper tier in the centres. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, I've never really understood why. Um... The, the ones closer to the pitch weren't more expensive than the, yeah. So it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. That's interesting. Right. Yeah. Mm. Fascinating. Anyway, let's, let's move on to uh, Brentford. As you said, you said, I mean, they're on a roll, aren't they? They've kind of loads of games unbeaten. They're not just a pushover, even at home, a rare Saturday, three o'clock kickoff, Josh. What do you reckon? Yeah, it's a rare Saturday, three o'clock. I, I could imagine that's a, a good time for you to nip up to, uh, some lovely place in Islington at about twelve o'clock for your for yeah. your snails or whatever you're still getting for a yeah. for a lunchtime. Look, Brentford. Look, they've they're a very stable Premier Premier League outfit, aren't they? Um, and they've also got three you know successive Premier League clean sheets. I think four clean sheets in in the last five. I read earlier today, so. This this is you know not a, a gimme by any means, and and Jeff said it's the biggest game in fifteen twenty years. I don't agree. I think regardless what happened, City is because what we do against City is you know absolutely vital in keeping them away from us. So yeah, I'm totally you know totally intrigued. I think this is going to be horrible and gritty, and I think we can just about do enough for a one 0 win and get away that slight nervous energy of what's what's crept in from, as Jeff said, the defeat away at City and, you know, defeat on Saturday. So I think 1-0 Arsenal, boys. Okay. I wonder if, it, I think he might make a couple of changes, mightn't he? With, you know, I think it could seem we've got like two games in a week. I think know. Tomiyasu. I do, Tomiyasu. I do, I do, wouldn't be shocked at yeah. all to see uh, Tomiyasu yeah. come in. Maybe Trossard. What are you thinking for the other one? Yeah, I don't know. Trossard Maybe. didn't do a huge amount when he, well, he no, was really I, involved I don't when want he came him to. on. Yeah. 
I don't want him to make any many changes, but I, th- I just wonder whether they, you know, I mean, it should be fine. I think I think he's got to stick with playing the players that have got him this far. But who knows, Jeff? What do you think? The what do you think will happen? Yeah, I think they'll come and try and play that low block like like Newcastle and Everton have done. I think that's the way they play anyway and try and hit teams on the break. But to be honest, I think we're going to have too much for them on that carpet. We'll be zipping the ball about. We know what we need to do. I think the boys understand exactly where they are at the moment. I'm going to go. We're going to get an early goal and win three one. We mustn't concede first though. Nice. Okay, I'm going to say 2-1. Yeah, I think we will concede. It's going to be uh, every game now. It's, it's got to that point, hasn't it? Even though we never thought this would happen, it's ridiculous that we're top of the league. We're five points clear with a game in hand. But now I feel like every game is a gruelling, tense, tense, anxiety-filled almost nightmare unless we're kind of comfortably winning it because we're so, because we, we, it's in reach, isn't it? It's it's just insane, I think. But but that's how it feels to me. Like, and now every single game is, choose that cliche again. It's a massive cup final. It's just. You can lose every game in the Premier League. Any yeah. game, I mean. Yeah. You know? I mean, I just have our, our position, our, and, and, you know, every game for us is incredibly exciting, though, I think. Anyway, thanks so much, Jeff, as ever. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've had to wrap up quickly because I've got to go and see Magic Mike, Josh. Um, in in the uh, in the cinema, uh, I hope you be. have a fantastic time. Thanks. You Thank should you. be. Uh, it, it should. Be, is that something you're expecting to be particularly enjoyable tonight, Boyd? I mean, you know, Steven <laughs> Soderbergh. The first Magic Mike my... film was great. Was brilliant. Yeah. The second one was wasn't so much. But he's back directing the third one, so it might be good. Yeah. If if we win the title, do you think it'd be Magic Mikel? Will there be a film made? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, at least thank fuck you've said that because now we've got a title for this podcast, Magic Mikel. Thank you, Josh. Cheers, Jeff. See you later. God bless, guys. Thank you Bye. very much. Cheers, cheers, Josh. If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show. Check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.